You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 177th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is uh, Jack the Ripper. Oh, is, is he from oh. Boston? Wow, Boston, nope. Massachusetts. From no, got this, I got it. Wait, no, we did Paul Revere last week. Shit. Um, you could be a witch from Salem. Why don't you yes. be Whitey Bulger or something? He killed people. Or got people killed. He's from Boston. That's right? ne- has that ever been proven though? I don't think I so. Think he's hey, in hey jail. I got it. <laughs> hey, do you like apples? Yes. Yeah. Cool. I got her number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> oh, classic goodwill hunting. Yeah, I'm will hunting for <laughs> Halloween. Stop. I'm working on the accent though. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's really good. So, you know, guys, I, you guys did an episode without me. After we're in the top 10 must-listen-to podcasts in Bicycling Magazine, and we're going to have all mm-hmm. these listeners that listen to the show that were yep. like, oh, man, what a horrible show at an hour and 15 minutes. How did you possibly go over an hour without me? I thought I was the one that talked the most. No, we always go longer without you. Yeah. Is it because uh, I run a tight ship? Yeah, I think you're a real <laughs> taskmaster, and without without you... I just ramble and ramble and ramble and ramble. Spencer has to cut like three hours every time. You know, a good, I did. Taskmaster is a pretty good nickname. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> the Taskmaster? No, I don't think you get to upgrade from the Super Rookie yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm working yeah. on it. Never. So yeah. we had, we have a lot of things to talk about, but it was quite an honor to read Bicycling Magazine putting us on second step on the podium. It was great. Three other, three total wide angle podium shows on there. And let's be honest, Bike Shop CX should is yeah. probably in the top twenty. But um, <laughs> you know, good stuff over there as well. I've, I've really been enjoying listening to that podcast. They're like the click and clack, and uh, so that makes us top gear. And uh, for Halloween, what hmm. would you? Um, are we going to do a Halloween themed episode? Well, we yeah, there's going to be spooky yeah. chain rattles and stuff all over the place. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that in post right now. Um, trying to get well can i tell you my my spooky stuff? halloween story mm-hmm. well sure yeah um so i was having a nightmare the other day and it's because um chris Froome didn't win the tour de france and he lost to a movie star rider a movie star rider won yeah, and no. i didn't know who it was and then finally on the champ de Lise, the camera mm-hmm. comes around to the front of the podium and guess who it is valverde no, Mikel Landa. Oh, and he's looking no. the whole time down on the second step on the podium. It's Nairo Quintana. And he looks oh. down there and he goes, what's up now, bro? And that was like the worst nightmare I've ever had in my life. That's pretty Because Quintana got relegated to second place in the Tour de France, and I don't know what to do about it. Well, Tim, that nightmare might become reality because they're already fighting. They, <laughs> it's, they're not even officially teammates yet, and they're already fighting. 
It's the greatest thing ever. I, I'm is loving it? all of the – oh, come on. It's No, here's what I think. This is what cycling needs, little guy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the problem. This, and then they, they also need to bring back the, the World Cup, but that's a whole other yeah, story. Yeah, you've been harping but. on that World Cup thing for a long time. I, I think the problem <laughs> is that it's it's kind of exciting, but in a couple of years, Land is going to retire, and we're all going to look back and be like, could he have been one of the greatest Grand Tour riders of his generation if he – had an agent who didn't constantly sign him to teams that already had one of the greatest Grand Tour riders of his generation. You know what I mean? Like, he's wasting his entire career picking fights with people. Well, I agree. Here's the thing. I don't understand. Where's he going to go? Where's this mythical agent going to sign him? Because he was on Astana, and obviously that wasn't going to work out. Uh, He was third wheel there. Um, And then he goes to Sky... Where he's definitely the second wheel at Sky. And now he's a movie star where he's definitely going to be the second wheel. The only other big budget team will be BMC where he would obviously be the second wheel to TJ Van Garderen. Oh, <laughs> nice. That was my um, second Halloween nightmare. Was that <laughs> TJ Van Garderen came to my door for Halloween for trick or treat. And I didn't want to give him any candy. Because you're worried about his to. power to weight ratio? Yeah. 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 Yeah, what? you're like, TJ, so, uh, well, your bag's pretty full and stairs. season's he not that far away, dude. Here's the he thing. He complained about the stairs. He was like, ah, <laughs> I'm going to trip going up these. I, I walked up all four of these stairs and you gave me an Almond Joy? Go to hell. Dude, I would walk <laughs> no, up four like, stairs for an Almond Joy. Three, he said three <laughs> stairs? This is ridiculous. I'm used to going up no stairs, like on the podiums I'm not on. <laughs> oh. Well, he's been fifth in the tour, elaborate. right? So that's just oh. standing adjacent to the podium. <laughs> Man. Awkwardly, <laughs> we we throw a lot of shit. What's the worst Halloween candy you've ever been given when you go trick or treating back in the day? I don't know. Especially I didn't you like, said like Starburst or anything like that. Really, almond joys. I, gotta, I would I say, say Smarties, say worst candy ever. Smarties are pretty bad. Um, it's probably like what? though. Uh, it's probably dots because they come in the box what? and like <laughs> and they look great. And you know that they taste great, but always the Halloween dots, the little individual ones, you open it up, they are hard as rocks. They are not how they're supposed to be, and they're terrible. Like, it's such a letdown, and you chew on them for like 10 minutes, and then everything sucks because they're all just in your teeth. So I want you guys to think about something at the end of the episode here. You got to tell me what your uh, cycling-inspired Halloween costume is. And I am not going to be doing my um, my boom mic operator. Um, that I remember my, my boom boom mic operator because that's, mm. that's not the Halloween costume I'm going to do for Lars Boom. So I've got another good one here for you guys later. I don't, I don't think I've you heard about this You got a different Lars Boom-based costume. <laughs> it's for Spooky Cross because, you know, every cyclocross race across the country – has had the some of the best costumes ever. We've seen a giraffe in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Vladimir Putin racing here in uh, in uh, uh, Winter Garden, Florida. That was fantastic. Really? Uh, well done, uh, yeah. friend of the podcast, Michael Toth, dressing up nice. as Putin, uh, shirtless, muscle shirt, and one of those big heads, like the big, uh, uh, you know, really high quality, large photo face that he taped it to the front of his helmet. Looked fantastic. Yeah. Did Spencer, he have everyone that beat him killed? That, um, no, good question. I don't know. Um, I'm well, sure we their time will come. <laughs> yeah, yeah their, their time will come. They're all going to test positive in the next week. The best one I've seen so far from you, Spencer, that you posted on the Slow Ride Pod at Twitter 
um, was the uh, Pokey or the Gumby and po- uh, whatever his horse. It's yep, Pokey, you nailed right? it. It was Gumby's, Gumby and uh, Pokey. Yeah. 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 That that was a fantastic costume. Did you guys see anything better out there? I don't think I think I saw one costume this weekend. I don't even remember what it was. But there were also not a lot of people at the race I went to. That was, <laughs> oh, uh, is that why you got on the podium? That's pretty much why I got on the podium, yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, um, and it was twisty. <laughs> yeah. I was sad to uh to miss that race at Orchard Cross, which is uh the New England uh costume race where they, they have a whole specific category for costumes, so it's always a pretty fun time. Saw a lot of good photos. Uh, we tweeted out a few of them. But uh, I was down in New Jersey, beautiful New Jersey, uh, taking State, in some, yeah. some UCI cyclocross there. Uh, What's the, what was that race? HPCX. Which stands for what? Hewlett-Packard, idiot. It's the <laughs> Hewlett-Packard cross race? That, shouldn't that be in yeah. California? A in a sponsor. garage in California? Nah. Maybe. They got tax breaks to move to New Jersey. <laughs> no, Spencer, what does it actually stand for? I don't know. Don't ask me these oh, hard questions. Yeah, huh. <laughs> real hard, real hard hitting journalism over here. Yeah, <laughs> what was well, the thing you did? I don't know. Um, okay, I know what how it was did called. Go? Did any um, non repairable shifters break? Uh, I didn't have any problems. I'll tell you that much. Um, oh, because you rocked the one cog. You don't have a shifter. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, no, you're probably referring to the the destruction that my better half did to her B bike. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was her B bike. Yeah, yeah. Trash the shifter. Well, technically, how do you know the difference? Because they look the same. Yeah, technically they're both A bikes because they're absolutely identical. Um, but now the one is clearly a B bike because it's busted. Um, so we had to order a new shifter. <laughs> but B- so it's the B bike, as in. I'm trying to think of a word that's like left home but starts with B, but I can't. Never mind. Joke yeah. fail. No, but that's that's the <laughs> that's the secret is there's no A and B. They're both A. You just then you never need to know which one's which because they're both the same. Anyway, uh, HP uh, was pretty cool. I got to say I've never been to this race before, and uh, it was fun. I think uh, I think it's worth going if people haven't been and you're anywhere with within an uh, area to drive. Um, Worth checking out, and we uh, we were blessed with rain on Sunday, so it uh, it made for very so fun conditions. It seems like uh, cyclocross weather has hit America because I know everyone yeah. else in uh, podcast world was concerned about um, Stephen Hyde, but the mud hit in Cincinnati, and he was tearing it up with two wi- two wins over the weekend. Yeah. So, um, Spencer, was the the racing in New Jersey, do you think uh, it was affected by people going to Cincinnati where the big money race was? Or do you think that um, it was the, or the UCI competition in New Jersey still pretty good on the men's and women's side? Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I think probably a lot of people did go to Cincy because they had a, a C1 out there, um, you know, which always draws a crowd. Um, so this was probably the also-ran uh, UCI race of the weekend, but... Um, yeah, definitely good good fields. We had uh, you know, Anthony Clark and Jack Kisseberth and guys, you know, who were up in the top five at nationals. So, you know, it's not a it wasn't a, a total field of duds or anything like that. Um but yeah, Jack uh won on Saturday and Scott Smith won on Sunday for the dudes and Sammy Runnels uh from Texas came up and won both days on uh on the women's side, but it was uh 
hard fought on on Sunday for sure. It was a group of four that went to the line, so that was pretty fun. It was a good, so, exciting race hmm. to see. So is, uh, is Sammy Reynolds, tell me a little bit um, what you know about her. Was that like a tactical move that she went to New Jersey for UCI points rather than going to uh, Cincinnati where the uh, the big money was, you think? Or is she based out of the East Coast? I'm not familiar. Well, like I said, she's based out of Texas. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think she was probably heading to a UCI race. And then Anthony Clark, uh, her teammate on Squid, was going to Jersey. So, I got you. You know, I think that probably made the logistics uh, happen. Um, But yeah, it was a it was a great result for her. You know, she did. I don't think she won. I think she was on the podium at at Sacramento both days too. So, you know, she's been racking up points. That's some crazy travel. Now, I I would say, I mean, especially coming going to Sacramento, Texas, and then to New Jersey, um, the Cincinnati race. The reason that did strike my fancy was because of uh, Hyde. Looking so good out there. Saw mm-hmm. a lot of pictures. Uh, crosshairs on Instagram had a lot. Yep. Um, I know the the consternation was thick. the 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 shade being thrown at Stephen Hyde was um, <laughs> was next level. And uh, you know, I think everyone here on the Slow Ride Podcast has been in his corner since day one about uh, him coming around in the long run. And I think he's going to take that form to Europe and uh, really tear it up. Uh, I hope so. It'd be nice I to maybe so have some. Uh competition in the men's race over in europe beyond the first half lap well yeah I, f- I feel like maybe there were some people out there who were just uh singing the praises of one tobin ortenblad uh who oh yeah yeah he was beating <laughs> up uh american fields for the first few races and you know it wasn't like he wasn't there uh in cincy either but uh did not have the dominant performance of a few weeks ago you know we've we do talk a lot about American cyclocross stars on the uh, the men's side. Um, we're big fans of the women's side, where we're uh, way more dominant on the uh, the world scene. But um, you know, we were we're big fans. We, we've been big time, long time supporters of Bjorn Sealander. But uh, I'm mm-hmm. kind of uh, I'm past the Bjorn Sealander um, bandwagon. <laughs> I'm back on the uh, Stephen Hyde bandwagon. Wow, okay, up and shipped him. I, I can't believe uh, you know. We so, knew about Bjorn years Bjorn, ago. You are Bjorn, so fair weather, Tim. I love no, I love Bjorn. He's gonna I have no doubt in Bjorn's ability. It's just that, you know, we've done our part. We've told the world about Bjorn Sealander. Yeah. Um, I think he wants to go back into we, the wilderness a little bit. He doesn't need us bringing uh, attention to him. And now we're back on the uh, the Hyde bandwagon. You you, you the, think uh, he had his fifteen minutes of fame on this podcast, blew him up, made him a nationwide sensation. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, once major uh, uh, cycling publications, you know, start writing articles about him, then he's going to regress back into the cave and, and he no longer needs our help because we've, we've he doesn't need our help that. anymore. Like, because yeah. so, he, when he gets to the top of the podium and national championships and, or maybe like second or third step, mm-hmm. one of the first things he's going to say is like, Hey, you know what? I'd like to thank Tim Spencer and little guy who've always had my back from the Minnesota scene when they came to, uh, Hudson Riverfront Cross, and I um, registered them when I was on the Pro Tour team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, good job for them for uh, rekindling my love for the sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think at this time we got to get back on the high train because it's here. And he looks damn good in that um, um, Stars and Stripes jersey with that mullet. I mean, it's just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost hoping that this year in, in Louisville it'd be the Pan Am champs, that something goes wrong for him just a little bit. So he has to wear that national championship jersey all the time and doesn't have to flip back and forth <laughs> between the uh, the Pan Am champ. 
That's a that's a nice. You know, I, I wouldn't mind a Canadian winning the uh, Pan Am Championship just so we don't have to deal with it. You think, um, like uh, maybe Van <laughs> Vandenham wins it, and then yeah. we're just like, all right, that's cool. Um, See, the problem is nice or, the problem is with something. that is Vandenham just won the Canadian uh, National Championship last week uh, or this past weekend, um, which is great, and I love that it's in October, and we can talk about that later. But he posted a teaser of his kit. Uh, and it looks incredible. So I'm also torn there. Like, I don't want that kit covered up either. I kind of do. Like, it'd, it'd kind of <laughs> be awesome because then, cause then Canada would understand the problem we have with uh, mm. Hyde winning the uh, Pan Am, you know? Okay. But um, all good stuff. Uh, little guy, when we mentioned uh, it briefly, yeah. did, did you actually get on a podium this past weekend? Yeah. I mean, I did kind of. I got... <laughs> You know, I got, so I got third in my category, but I got fifth in the race. Hmm. So I, I made the category, you know, cause it was like two, two people in my category. And then, and then I got caught by two guys at the end who were in a different category, but so yes, but no. So technically, but I don't feel like it since I feel like I'm just what? racing everybody hang on, anyway. Hang cause... on, didn't you, didn't you just say you got fifth place? You were still on the podium then. Yeah. Right. I was still on the podium. It's true. <laughs> um, but I stood on a podium in third place because I was okay. technically the third person who marked one, two down on their form as opposed to being the so, fifth person who was in the race. So did you or did you not have a bucket? I didn't. Um, I didn't have a bucket. You know, I didn't go back to the van just to get any weird thing to bring up. I wasn't I didn't bring anything to the podium with me this time. I'm just disappointed. Went up, you know, went have up you guys, naked. <laughs> have you been noticing... Um, I mean, there's some uh, podium accoutrements that uh, people bring up with them. I've I've been noticing a little bit less bikes coming up. Have you? Have you yeah, I didn't thing? notice anybody who tried noticed. to bring a bike this weekend. I, th- I think we've you know, done we've done good in spreading the word of the scourge that was podium bikes, and I, I think it's it's being tamped down. You know, it's being tamped down. But there's a there's a new scourge that has okay. uh, popped up here in Florida, and that is um, it's where the outbreaks usually start. Yeah, and I don't even I don't know if I want to give name to the there's a team <laughs> that that brings up their title sponsor bike racks up to the podium with them now. So now it's like podium bike racks. They're like the suction cup bike racks, which oh, yeah. I own and work pretty well. But uh I'm not a big fan. Like they're in second place and they're holding up a bike rack in their hand. That's weird. And uh That's weird. it's a little weird. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan, but anyways, uh, I, I'm happy to see that, uh, podium bikes are, are well, less and less now. Um, I, I, go ahead, here's, here's, here's the thing with that is I, I feel like the Derek Bouchard hall rule should apply in that situation. It's like, if you want to bring some sponsor crap up there, that's fine. But you gotta like, you gotta let the main photo be, uh, uh, peripheral free. You know what I mean? And then, so like hide it behind the podium. Well, and then just you leave it, it leave it off to the side. Take the nice photo, and then oh, I want one for my sponsors. I'm gonna hold up yeah. this thing. Okay, we'll take another one. You know, like or your yeah. team guy takes a photo, but everybody doesn't need a photo with you with the thing. You know, yeah, or a yeah. bike or whatever. One of the problems with that though, like if Carrot Top was gonna win, like a uh, like if I went as Carrot Top <laughs> for the uh, for a Halloween cross race, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I would just bring yeah. a laundry basket of props. Mm-hmm. And I'd hide it behind the podium, and then I would just be pulling out random stuff. So well, that's fine. You're carrot top. 
It'd actually be a really good uh, Halloween costume. Hey, so I need a little bit of your guys' advice um, for something that happened to me on a bike ride this weekend. Uh, mm. You mind uh, giving me some advice? We can help. Yeah, I think you should train All a right. little more. I know it keeps happening week after week. I mean, no. you, you got to train if you don't want to get dropped all the time, Tim. So I'm uh, going out for a ride. It's a it's a great ride. It's Friends of the Podcast been on the ride before. It's, uh, it's around the airport here in Orlando, and it leaves at 7 a.m. sharp. And uh, my friend uh, is going to come down and do the ride. He misses a turn, and he shows up in the parking lot at 7.03, but the ride's already gone. Like, they're not waiting for us. I, even though I'm on the phone, and I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a couple minutes for him to be here. But they had about 15 guys, so they left on time. Okay. I kind of under, I understand that because for years, they've been leaving sharp at 7 a.m. Like, they're not going to stop for, for the guy that missed the turn and came a little bit late. Like, whatever. Buddy shows up. And we chase. It's a good like 15, 20 miles to the point that when I was looking at the Strava like flyby later, we never were on the same straightaway as them. Mm-hmm. However, it's like we could never see that we were that close, Is but we were always like one turn behind coming? them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, stop, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm leading up to it, all right? Okay. All so right. we're on the ride. You got to build suspense. Yeah, yeah. We're on the ride. We're like three quarters of the way through the ride. And then I see... All of them on the side of the road fixing a flat tire. Uh, you just ride right by. Yeah. Question. Do we, A, acknowledge the group that did not wait the three minutes for us to leave? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do we continue to ride by with just a wave and like the, the gratuitous, hey, do you need anything? And then by the time they say yes, you're out of your shot so you yeah. don't hear them. Yeah. Or three, Classic. do you stop and make nice and just be like, oh, man, we, yeah, we were going to catch you, but, you know. Um, the flat tire. So what do you do? Oh, the, the answer is simple. It's game on, Tim. It's game on. You roll right past, and now you're the breakaway. You used to be the chasers. Now you're the chasee. And yeah. it's their job to bring you back. They It's two on 15. They should be able to reel you back. So not even like, so I shouldn't even say like, oh, tough luck, and then or like snooches, booches, and then like keep riding by. I mean, I give them a wave and say, see you on the flip side, sucker, you know, and they'll catch you. They'll bring you back. But right before they reel you in, that's where you like shake hands with your, uh, your riding buddy, you know, and, <laughs> and then attack. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just, we stopped. Um, cause they're really nice guys, you know, and I, we weren't well, trying that to nice. They didn't wait for you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I'll see. That's what, what, even what better. I mean, old Tim. Like Tim from ten years ago would have looked at him and said, "Karma's a bitch," and kept riding. So I'm kind of like to think that since I'm a master's level rider now, I'm a little bit more reserved because mm-hmm. I know that like they would stop for me if I had a flat. I think. But you mm. know, you knew the route, right? Yeah, like I knew the route, and they didn't wait for me. So do so, I stop for him for a no, flat tire? See, Spencer says no and attack him. So I say you I just keep like going. I'm, I'm with Spencer. Like, since you know the route, I'd say if you didn't know the route and you guys were just trying to catch back on or, like, didn't know, I don't know. I, I say just, yeah, keep going, you know? Just say, right. yeah, the tables have turned. Yeah, man. Game on. <laughs> you're you're bar- basically guaranteeing yourself now, that you'll get a flat right after that. Yeah, so. pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with them leaving on time, though. Uh, which I. might be shocking for me to say since I was always late. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, none of us... Well, I think it... Only Tim would have ever made one of the team rides if, if that was the policy I know, we lived I know, by. I know, Just Tim but, riding by himself. 
I, Maybe I with think, Mark Burns occasionally. Yeah, I still think it's reasonable to like set a time and leave on time, and especially if you're doing a, a regular route, like, people can chase oh, yeah. on or they can take a shortcut and meet you. Like whatever, that's that's how it's that's how it should be. You know, like nobody should have to guess yeah. when the if the ride might still be there or not. You know, it's like no, I I think what they did was fine. I think what you did was fine, but I think it also would have been pretty fun to you know play cat and mouse a little bit. Okay, so, so it, it sounds I, like I they agree. were pretty fun I, guys that you like, so they'd have got it and played along. You know, yeah, I do think that the uh, the leaving on time thing that's something I've learned. So when I first moved to down here from floor uh, from Minnesota. Right. I was so used to always just, we would always say like what time the ride started. And then we started 15 minutes later if we were lucky. Yeah. Uh, down, down here, uh, sticklers for time, um, especially with Garmin computers because everybody's on the same satellite time. So people look at it. And as soon as that number ticks over to like the round number when the ride starts, like 730, people are clipping in and rolling out. And you're like, wow, huh. man. Like, I could, I could not handle that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I well, would, um, that would be trouble. I guess maybe I could because like those Tuesday night rides were fairly prompt, and the, they just made me be early. Like it forced me to be much earlier because I was I didn't want to have to chase on because it was always a big group, you know. Yeah, it was always it was always ten fifteen guys, and so ten fifteen guys, you know, just rolling along is going to just end up at a pace that I'm going to have to work too hard to get back on. And I'm not going to yeah. have the legs for that. Why is that a town line sprint? You know, I, yeah, <laughs> I ended up chasing that ride probably every other week. <laughs> yeah. I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'd always so, be at the ride and be like, Spencer, Spencer's the one who called me and asked me if I wanted to come <laughs> on this ride and he's not here. Uh, yeah. and then we'd roll out and I'd keep looking back and then maybe <laughs> as we regrouped in YZ after the town line sprint and like rolled through town slow ah, ah, oh there's Spencer clawing his way back on yep 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 pretty good so, Spencer you remember that time the, uh... you chased us all the way to Afton on a team ride <laughs> yes that was that brutal was, that was impressive That's that was a level of motivation to train <laughs> for you that I I, it's hard to remember. Um, yeah, but that, that was serious. <laughs> like that, you were like, because now if that happened, I imagine you'd just go home and you'd just be, you know, texting us and like posting shit on Instagram the whole time about how we were idiots and you were just enjoying yeah. the coffee. Pretty much. There's no way I would hammer for like 40 miles to come get you <laughs> <laughs> to catch on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm still impressed hey, by it. Yeah. Hey, little guy, whenever I think of riding in Afton, and since I'm moving back to the Twin Cities for a few weeks this summer, we're going to go ride in Afton. Yeah. Um, I'll make sure to wait for you on that um, on the climbs there, north of the uh, <laughs> yes, town of yes. Afton. Because the first we time we ever rode ride. to Afton, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll reenact I, that. That was the longest ride I had ever done to that point. I think I had a piece of toast that morning. Because that was when we were such early cyclists that, I had no concept of how much food I needed to eat to do anything do, on the bike. Like you, we had gone to Durand earlier that year and I think I had brought I had brought like three dates with me or something. Like for my race my race food and my after race. Like in the you know, I was gonna be gone from <laughs> my house like food. Oh, for okay, six sorry. like six, yeah. seven hours, just gone from my house. So right there you're yeah. gonna need food. Yeah, And I was going to do a race longer than any ride I had done that season. So you'd think I'd bring food. Yeah, And I still was just like, I'll be fine. I'm, I can't see any reason I'd need food. Little guy, that was, okay, those were our 
pretty much our first that was our first ever race durand road race yeah um do you remember uh what my bike was at that time because i don't remember these things like i remember what my bike was but i don't remember yours but do you remember what i was riding uh, probably that salsa right the salsa the raza with the yeah. triple chain ring in the front <laughs> yep i remember that <laughs> all right uh spencer what did you you had the rust denny i um, believe right the red yeah. rust denny uh no it was a, it was the road bike was blue and yellow rust denny i had two rust yeah. denny's yeah. And that was like the the nine speed. Uh, what yep. do you have? Nine speed one hundred five on there. Uh, I had a mismatch of Altegra uh, from various um, iterations. eBay of purchases. Yeah. All right. Uh, little guy, what did you have? I had the that red Romic that I had. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And what what kind of a group did you have on that? <laughs> I had a mixed match of uh, Durace and Superb Pro. On that. <laughs> nice uh, integrated shifters. No, no, my friend. Come on, I was running. I was running. I think that was seven speed on that one. Seven speed. Where were the shifters located? <laughs> they were on my down tube, Tim. All right, and with that, <laughs> we're gonna head into the preem lap. And when we're done with the preem lap, um, we're gonna talk about some professional bike racing that didn't really happen in China. And then, um, no, we're not. <laughs> br- brand new segment coming to the uh, Slow Ride Podcast where. It's very original. Never will this segment ever be copied again in the history of podcasting. Well, let's get to it. Sounds good. (laughs) Well, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, eh? All right, guys, once again, we are lucky to be sponsored by Pints and Cowbells, the mm-hmm. ultimate place to go get your cycling enthusiast gear. And I have to admit, I got a sweet, spooky hooded sweatshirt on my way. I also got a onesie for a uh, little Heimar. Nice. And uh, it's, it's, it's looking good. I am a little perturbed because I also got a spooky hoodie. Um, maybe I was just oh. inspired by the Halloween, uh, holiday that's, that's right around the corner here. Um, but we're going to be pretty matchy now, Tim. Oh, you guys I'll are make sure be to so give cute. you a call when I, when I'm going to wear it. Cause yeah. you can go to cowbells.com slash slow ride. And then, um, just put in the discount code slow ride 1017 yep. and, uh, you save 15% off on your first order. Great stuff on there. A lot I of like good it. stuff. It's yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. The onesies are great. It's a great holiday gift. To be honest, if you know someone that just had a kid and they like bikes, just get them the onesie because I don't have enough onesies for my kid. <laughs> totally recommend it. Um, it's and pretty then the much hooded a slam dunk. Yeah. 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 And then they have pint glasses or uh, not, uh, uh, shot glasses. The shot yeah. glasses are fantastic. So when you're when you're busting out the cutty snark, you know, the cut, the uh, and you need to have some. Uh, whiskey you can go to the pints and cowbells shot glasses totally going to take care of you this is definitely a a whiskey crowd i think this is a whiskey uh uh, angled website for the for the more refined masters crowd you know what i mean like you know (laughs) you're not this is not a peppermint peppermint schnapps uh kind of website so if you you consider yourself a a discerning cyclist you're going to want to check out pints and cowbells.com slash slow ride uh, and see what they've got on order for you. You know, you know the, that Shots for Watts uh, shot glass? Yeah. Um, we could have used that at Swamp Cross all those years ago when we did the whiskey shortcut. And mm. then you could um, you could use a bike-themed shot glass 
from uh, pintsandcowbells.com. It would be uh, pretty awesome. That would be on brand. Um, so <laughs> if, if you want to do that for your race, uh, head over there, and you can use the discount code SLOWRIDE1017, which will save you 15%. Get me a pizza slicer if you really love me. Uh, you can send it here anonymously if you want. That's fine. A pizza slicer, just saying. Oh, that thing is pretty awesome. It's also <laughs> on sale. You should totally jump on it. Oh, so. nice. Um, we'd also like to thank uh, healthiq.com slash slowride for uh, continuing their support of our podcast and also the entire Wide Angle Podium Network. It's the place to go if you want to save some money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual. And uh, at some point, you've heard us say talk about it over and over and over again. Um, check out their website. It's a really cool, innovative way to save money on your life insurance because you're healthy. I've done the life insurance questionnaire a while back, and that plant that uh, that policy came to an end because um, I, I'm a healthy individual. And then I went through healthiq.com/slowride, and it's a way easier process. And you know, I was like, yeah, I ride a hundred miles a month, no problem, and yeah. I save some money. And that's the thing is like they take that data and they apply it. They use science. Like when you think of insurance companies, do you ever think of them as actually using like logic and science and data to figure out, you know, who's healthy and who's not like you never do. This is like a kind of a special thing that you should at least check out. Um, So they figured out that, uh, that people were exercising, people were health conscious, People who are doing cycling or swimming or running or weightlifting or whatever, they're just healthier people and they're a lower risk for them to insure. Like that's that's their business, you know? So you get to save money because of that. They get to make money because of that. Everybody wins. Um, so we recommend checking it out. At least take the quiz and, and see what it's all about. HealthIQ.com slash slow ride is where you can go to do that. Uh, you can also check out their FAQ page if you've got any questions on, you know, just general, like, what is this all about? Like, there's tons of information. They spell it all out. You don't have to believe some chuckleheads like us. Uh, you know, go go straight to the source and figure it out. And uh, I think you'll be glad that you did. Yeah. And, uh, hey, Spencer, you go to a lot of yep. bike trade shows, right? I've been to a few. And, little guy, you've been to bike swaps, right? Yep. And... Little guy, I'm not too concerned about this with you, so uh, you know I'm not avoiding you on purpose. But uh, Spencer, right. when you go to these uh, trade shows, uh-huh. what's the most an- annoying part of your uh, attire when you go to these trade shows? Like when you're walking <laughs> around, what is it that you see all the time? Because little guy's not there. Because uh, you know he he actually uh, is the person that we want to be at the trade show. Sure. Yeah, you want to be the cool guy, like who gets to wear yeah. whatever he wants. Um, yeah. But uh, but most of the folks there are, are squeezed into these um, uh, uh, bicycle branded uh, polo shirts, you know, and stuff or like tech that. shirts, tech or shirts. a t shirt. Like if they're trying to like be a little like they're at Sea Otter, they're like, yep. hey, you know what? I'm wearing the t shirt today. Um, or they're at Interbike, and it's the Friday at Interbike, which is a miserable day because yep. everyone wants to go home. Always, and, uh, always the sit- <laughs> uh, and there's all the uh, all the all the attendees that'll have the the new shirt they just got like with the brand across the front or whatever anybody's giving away for free um you know that'd like, be me uh, i'd have like four t-shirts bra- on it's these, probably these shirts, a, an xl or <laughs> yeah double yeah XL. it's like too big and, yeah. and what do they what do they have on them what do they like what's the feature that's on there what what is it quite obvious 
It's a bike shirt, right? Yeah. We yeah. all have too many bike shirts in our dresser, and the wide angle podium comes to the day. Here's the segue here, guys, and ladies <laughs> okay. that listen to the podcast. Wide Angle Podium Network went out, got an artist, contracted with an artist yep. to create whatever the heck they wanted to put on some shirts, and they look fantastic. All the proceeds are going to the um, animal shelters in uh, Florida and in Houston, Texas that were affected by the uh, hurricanes, 100% of the proceeds, and the best part is they're bike kind of shirts because they just say Wide Angle Podium, but you've got a flamingo snake on there on one of them. You have yep. a kitty cat. And then you have an amazing ice cream cone on one. It's it's the gift to my wardrobe. So thanks for coordinating this, Spencer, because now I'm <laughs> yeah. going to be able to like kind of have a little bit of a head nod to the uh, cyclists out there. But I'm not going to be wearing a double extra large cardboard um, shirt that with I picked a, up a, for free at the swag table yeah. at um, the Cabda show in uh, <laughs> Chicago in 2009. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, with the bike chain, you know, doing something like, yeah, something, some bike part on there, which, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And uh, I that's part of the inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Is is we want to get out and hire somebody who was an actual artist who knew what they were doing and say, the there's no leash on you at all. Like, just go do whatever you want. We're making these. We're going to, we want to sell a ton of them because it's a benefit shirt. We've gotten a few orders. Uh, I want to see a lot more because, you know, this, it's been a handful, which is good. But these shirts are awesome. Uh, they're relatively cheap. You can buy the three-pack, uh, you know, 25 bucks each, or you can buy the three-pack, all three of them for 60 bucks. Saves you a bunch of money. And I'm not keeping any of this money. Tim's not keeping any of this money. All this money is going to help affected areas of the country. So you really can't lose. You step up your style game. You're helping people yeah. out. Th- these shirts, that's exactly what the little guy would wear. I mean, I'm looking at the kitty cat shirt there, and I'm like, hey, man, I could see little guy walking yeah. up and down the aisles at the swap uh, yeah. looking for some seven-speed <laughs> Suburb Pro shifters mm-hmm. to put on his uh, Romic. And, uh, you know, there you have it. Tim, you also on there, the is. Good job. <laughs> you can go to bit.ly slash WAP gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also take a look at our Endura um, custom jerseys that are going to be made. Yep. And kit, full kit. Go take a look at it. We're going to be talking about this for a couple more weeks. But um, with the holiday season coming, it's definitely time to uh, to think about this. So uh, take a look. Yeah, I think the kits turned out really good, and people should check them out just to uh, go look at them, so you know what they look what they look like, and you know. Maybe tell me that I did a good job because I'm, you know, nervous that people won't like them. But I think they're good. So let me know. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get back to the uh, the show. But um, once again, just check out our Twitter. We'll provide some links to uh, our sponsors in the uh, Premlap. And a uh, brand new segment coming up just around the turn. <laughs> cool. uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale cyclocrossworld.com and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah? Yeah. I'm nervous about this. Hey guys, got a brand new segment here. Oh really? Which I'm going to call Cycle Sport Vintage Magazine Top Corner Draft Corner 
slash oh, corner. God. Hmm, what? Not specific um, at all. Interesting. So here's what we're going to do, guys. Um, I have in my hands here, because as you've picked up on my Instagram, I like to read vintage cycle sport magazines, which I have way too many. Little guy, do you have any cycle sport magazines in your collection? I do. I'm not sure where they are, though. One of them you gave me, and it's it's all about carrots. All right. And uh, Spencer, you used to be a, uh, a big collector of these magazines. Do you have uh, any in your collection anymore? I have none. I have no collection of old cycling magazines. Um, oh, but I dude, you're missing feel, out. I feel like uh, there's there's maybe a reason you guys both have so many. <laughs> And, uh, and I also have a ton of... <laughs> we should we should clarify for our UK listener that um, these are not actually Cycle Sport magazine. These are Cycle Sport USA magazine, uh, which is a which little is different. Which is better? It's well, it's, I don't know if it, well, it's better because there's no bylines in any of the stories. So you're well, like, who wrote that? And you have no idea who. And wrote I it. I can uh, tell you why <laughs> because I used to work at the company that that bought all the. Uh, the content from Cycle Sport and and just made a new magazine called Cycle Sport USA uh, and and put it all in there with new advertising and it was uh, kind of a genius business idea, but all the cycling news was about two months behind, <laughs> so it was back you know before the internet was big enough to uh, to make that uh, not a viable option. So so the new uh, the new segment here on uh, we'll just call it the uh, the magazine corner. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you the headlines on the cover of the magazine. So you're walking into uh, I um, I don't know if Barnes and Noble existed when this magazine came out, but uh, uh, well they probably did. Amazon I I think was just starting, but uh, I'm gonna give you some some of the headlines, and you guys are gonna have to tell me the year, and then if you can the month of uh, of this issue just from the cover of uh, okay. Cycle Sport magazine, and we'll start off. If you guys could take a guess on uh, who's on the cover itself, who do you think it would be? Well, you own it, so probably Chris Horner. Not Chris Horner. Um, I mean, so okay. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that <laughs> based on my knowledge of Cycle Sport Magazine USA, it's going to be nine times out of ten Lance Armstrong. Lance is not the cover photo, but he is in the uh, in the, in one of the articles. So the cover photo is a smiling, svelte. Jan Ulrich, world ah. exclusive interview. Okay. And the title is No More Second Best. German star insists he's still got what it takes to win the blank tour. So uh, good good hints there. Um, you think that worked out for him? Yeah, well, there's 164 <laughs> pages in this uh, this issue. Okay. The second headline is Hincapi Talks Large. I won in breaks, time trials, sprints, Climbing and everything, so that's the lead. So Hincapie, wow. this is Hincapie's talking, talking about becoming the team leader here. Okay. Um, the two more lead stories on this cover: Zobble on the move. I am very open to new ideas, and I had to check that is actually Eric Zobble and not his son, um, yeah. Rick Zobble, who was only probably sixteen at the time this magazine came out. And the uh, final lead story is uh, no tour for Lance. Enough is enough for Armstrong. So, guys, when do you think this issue of Cycle Sport America came out? Uh, it's got to be... <sighs> 2004, early 2004. I'm going to say 
2005 later, like September. It's 2005, um, November 2005. Spencer, you win a prize. I'm going to send this to you, <laughs> but um, Great. I'm actually going to I'm going to rip out this awesome picture that's in here, and it's of Pat McQuaid, okay, holding a holding a gun. Uh, presumably, it's a starter pistol, but it looks like a rear pistol, a real pistol. Like if a cop saw him holding that, he'd probably get shot. No, um, and the headline of that article not. says only in America. Not everywhere. Only in America. Okay. Uh, it says, oh. Irishman is top gun in world cycling. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Pat McQuaid. All right. Uh, also in here. Great magazine. Spencer, congratulations for winning. Um, I like this man. game so far. Is there more to it? Nope. That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so there you go. Uh well, that was Tim, a great, I, great then, first edition I, of Magazine Corner. Thanks, Tim. Can I tell you a little bit about my Magazine Corner? I lied. I actually have Pro Cycling magazines here. Oh, wow! And, thank you for turning your camera back on um, so I can see it. I uh, did a second ago. Whoa, Yvonne Mayo! Can you send that out? Can you send that down here to me? Wait, check this out. That's Zubelvia, baby. There's Zubelvia. a whole Zubelvia, oh, Zubelvia feature in this one. He's like 25 years old in that picture. He's just, just a baby. Yeah. yeah. So there was some road racing. Um, Chris Froome mm-hmm. won a criterium, and Alberto Contador had his final ever race. You know, I feel uh, like those races were fixed. I just I just can't. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the result just feels a little fishy to me. What do you guys nah, think? Nah, nah, nah. Because there were no race radios, so how could they fix it? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a real Speaking good point. of fixed cycling... Um, UCI president, uh, David Lapartier nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, came out and said that he's in favor of just six riders per team entering the tour. And I have to admit, I really like that idea, especially with, you know, going on cobbles and all the rain, uh, and, and wind that's going to affect next year's tour in the Northern parts of France. I love an idea of a six person team. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it should just go. I think they should run it sort of like how local races run, in that it's just however many your teammates show up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I like so that. it'd be like a giant grand fondo. Well, no, like, like so, a, no like I mean, so teams race. are capped to twenty-eight riders. So if all twenty-eight of the riders want to show up, <laughs> that's good. So it'll be like the local races where you know it'd be us three, and then maybe we'd look around and there'd be 15 Loon State guys. And so everyone yeah. just decides collectively at the start, well, Loon State's doing all the work today. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, That's kind of a good idea. Think about the internal politic drama too. Well, um, I would come down to whose who's motor bus had the best Wi-Fi connection and could register their riders quickly when the, uh, when yeah. the pre-registration kicked off on bikereg.com. You know, like... Because well, they would want to get everybody field, in before, before the, the yeah before the field limit the got field reached. limit yeah and then, I do then they think were on the wait be, list. yeah you'd be there'd be some strategy in that say FDJ shows up and and they they totally do a fake out they bring all the riders on the bus but they only register four of them and Sky registers fifteen dudes and then suddenly Sky has to chase for the entire tour because FDJ just keeps going oh we only got four guys and Pino just tucks in behind Froomey. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And doesn't have so, to do a lick of work the entire race as Sky has to flog themselves in the front because nobody else will do any work. I've got another idea that can make cycling better. 
Okay. Right. I'm liking where we're taking this. Um, I'm no longer a fan of just six uh, racers per team. I've got okay. a new idea that could improve cycling. You guys and ready? You are you are the f- you are the most fair weather boom boom snap changing <laughs> guy in in the world. But go yeah. on, Tim. All right. Uh, yellow line rule. Tour oh. de France. You got to have the yellow line rule. I what like do you it. Think? I like it. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Think like about it. the relegations. And actually, there's a couple of good things that can come from this. Um, fans. Fans would be able to run alongside the riders, but they couldn't cross the yellow line. Actually, they're like a moving barrier, so there couldn't be any type of attacking. Okay. Um, I think a yellow line rule could actually improve. And just like uh, in in the old Durand race we've talked about many times, um, officials could hang out on the top of the mountain with binoculars and look down to see if someone's crossing the yellow line. Now, there are some problems here because you get on those rural roads where there are no yellow lines and there's just yep. that weird line down the middle of the asphalt. And you're like, yeah, I guess that's the yellow line. And then there's the interpretations of it. Like yep. if your wheel hits the the like the inner that, part, the the dotted yeah. line, like does that count, or does it have to be over? Like if your if your well, wheel yeah. touches paint, it's it's. You know? Can you ride the line, or you know, is it over the yellow line, or on the yellow line, or and, yeah, yeah? And what if you get pushed over? You know, yeah. what if, what if Sagan comes over and just assaults you like he did Mark Cavendish <laughs> in the sprint at this past yeah. year's tour, mm-hmm. and just gets you over the line? It, are you relegated? That that's an improvement right That'd there. You're welcome. What and then what about on corners too? Because we always had yellow line rule, except for when you hit the right before the corner, the yellow line rule seemed to disappear as everybody yeah. swung wide to take the corner. And then the or chaos. The final... Then the chaos theory came into play. Yeah, I think that's in the <laughs> yeah, USA but... Cycling rule book somewhere. <laughs> and immediately after the corner, what about this guy's? No more team cars. Just one official with a jeep. With the doors off, with all the spare wheels in the back of the Jeep. Yeah. I kind of like this idea. Like, a, no, no, instead of, no, you could have that official. That's cool. Wait. But what you could have is the um, the pickup truck that has the spare wheels, and uh, they never stop for you because <laughs> they just keep going. Yeah. And uh, that that can improve bike racing like, along with mm-hmm. six members. Oh, I gotta I gotta stay with the front of the race. Bye. <laughs> Just leaves you. <laughs> well, well, we I, could really improve Tim, I think, Tour de France. Are racing. you are you are you saying that he never stops you from from personal experience? Because it might have just been that he realized that you weren't going to make it back either way, and it was more important important to well, make sure like Doug got a wheel or something. Yeah. No, but I have been on a couple of races where I have gotten a flat tire and the truck has stopped and you get the, uh, you get the wheel change and actually kind of a quick change. And then whoever's driving it, it's, you know, it's someone's, uh, like dad or a volunteer that doesn't want to be there on a Saturday. Cause they're, they're right. They're driving a truck at 25 miles an hour max for about six hours in a row yeah. going around the same four corner farm field. Um, and so you finally get your wheel and you expect a little bit of a tow back up, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of a draft. Yep. And so you get behind in the first like hundred yards, you're like, all right, this guy knows what's up. Um, or this lady, you know, driving. And then all of a sudden they just gas it to like 40 miles an hour (laughs) and there's no way you're going to stay on the wheel. Yeah, That's the worst. Well, I think, yeah, I don't think people are trying to be mean, but I I think generally I I would say that American amateur racers don't know how to motor pace. And it's, no, I, I would not. If I was in the position of of running that car, I would not trust um, <laughs> anybody and, to 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 because you know the guy who just got the wheel change and you in this instance, Tim, is going to want to get super close and act super pro and <laughs> and like have the have the right hand up and be like like 
thr- pretending to like speak Italian and yell at them to speed up or slow down or something, and and they're just gonna run into the back of the car and hurt yeah, themselves. They, they're coming through your back windshield one way or the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't need so, that, man. It's not worth it. It's just a, it's just a cat four race. <laughs> the next way to uh, improve the Tour de France is to get rid of soigneurs and mm-hmm. require riders, significant others, to uh, take care of all feed zone and pre-race <laughs> prep responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm just thinking here that <clears throat> tour would then the tour feed- would be two weeks. You guys, you guys would get your wish because all the significant <laughs> others would go on a strike and be like, you think "This two is weeks? stupid. Th- we don't want to be here weeks. anymore. It's this is ambitious. boring." Yeah, this, this would uh, this would end the tour uh, just because the tour would only be three days long. It would become the uh, Criterium International. Yeah, and uh, because you would also have the time trial on in the morning, um, yeah. and then the mountain stage later. But think about this: if you had significant others working in the feed zone, um, that could make for some really good television because of all the horrible yelling and mistreatment of these wonderful people that are actually there in the feed zone wasting their Saturday. And their Sunday and their Monday to give you a water bottle, and mm-hmm. if you don't give it to, if they don't give it to you just right, people always freak out. Nothing better if you if you're looking for something to do, go to usacycling.com, go to your uh, local road race, uh, time it for the masters category, and go to the <laughs> uh, the feed zone, and just document the abuse that is thrown <laughs> at these wonderful people that are handing out bottles. Now, um, now when, Tim, when a I, bottle is missed. I know this is a Halloween episode, uh, part two for us, but uh, I didn't know you were going to be telling ghost stories uh, already or right at this point because uh, road racing is dead, man. Like you can go, you can go to USA Cycling all you want and look for your local road race, but you're not going to find it. It's like large Marge. Well, she hasn't been around for twenty years. Oh, oh man. That would be the scariest thing if you walked into a bike shop and said, I was just at a road race. Guys, I was just doing this road race. I'd be like, you were what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point. Um, So, little guy, speaking of spookiness um, in the world of cycling, what do you got for us? Oh, yeah, I got to have a spooky story. Well, um, you're at home, and then the phone rings, and they say they're the testers, and and you're like, oh, no, and then... They say we're calling from inside the house. Woo. <laughs> that's pretty well done. That was, that was pretty poor. Pretty poorly done. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. poor. I didn't have a lot of time say, to work on it. Basically, say, uh they're already there and you're glowing. Oh no, you just did a bunch of EPO. Phone rings. Wow. You answer it. It's Usada, you hang up. Call again. You don't answer. It keeps ringing. You peek out but, through the through the through the uh, blinds. You don't see anybody in the front on the front stoop, so they must not be there. And, and then, you, and then you, you start asking yourself: You, you settle uh, down. Like, did it, did, did it really happen? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Did, did I'll I just inject this EPO now as I casually hang out here. I'm sure I'm just imagining. Well, and then uh, you know you start to relax, and then suddenly the phone yeah. rings again. You jump, mm-hmm. you know, and then you answer it, and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. But then you check the caller ID. <laughs> the call was coming from inside the house. They're All already right. there. All right. You go to flush so, your EPO in the bathroom, and they're there. They have a oh, call. they're there. Yeah. You go to so your... here's one. Okay. Do you, do you know how um, if you're in the testing pool, you have to give uh, your whereabouts, and you have to be available like an hour a day? 
Yeah. That's and so most professional racers make their time at like 5 a.m. because yep. that's when they wake up. Do you think there's any professional racers out there that just to screw with USADA is like 5 p.m. or, you know, 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon just to just to be like, hey, man, you're all getting up early, but I'm going to make you drive in rush hour across <laughs> town from the airport, uh. Uh, from LAX to get to my house at uh, 5 p.m. That would be pretty hilarious. Uh, be pretty good. I mean, there might be. It'd be a good uh, Halloween trick right there. I'm sure that uh, through all, all the years of so many riders doping, you know, I'm sure there was like some serious strategy that went into picking your USADA time, especially based on where you were and what you were doing at that time. I mean, know? wouldn't it be better to live in, you I guys... don't know, rural Montana? And, yeah, uh, make you, it tough. You know who the, uh, you, you know, you, you know the TSA agent at the airport? And they're mm-hmm. like, ah, a strange guy came in today, no bags, <laughs> just a briefcase <laughs> and wearing a blazer and mm-hmm. a bunch of test tubes coming out of his pocket. Um, <laughs> better call up, uh, you know, so-and-so. Yep. A light blue denim shirt was spotted. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I, got a, yeah. I, got a, I got a pretty spooky uh, story for you, Tim. I, I Well, for both of you guys, but... Uh, <clears throat> no, I won't you listen. Know, it's cool. You know, the other week when we were talking about Schwamigan... And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. this was maybe Let's a month ago. It was it was a while ago, a few episodes ago. The greatest upper Midwest mountain bike race of all time. Exactly. Yep. That's that's done. exactly what we said. It's the biggest, bestest uh, mountain bike race in the upper Midwest. We got challenged on that. Did you guys hear this? Yeah. We Shade got, was yeah. thrown our way. Shade yeah, was thrown our clack. way uh, by Click and Clack over there on the on the Bike Shop CX show, who claimed that the Iceman Cometh was a bigger mountain bike race. It's just not true. We're, yeah, I don't think it's bigger. Is it? That, I've that, heard of the Iceman Cometh. Oh, um, yeah. I've absolutely heard of it, but there's no way it's bigger. I was just surprised that they hadn't heard of Schwamigan. And so that's my spooky story. Is somebody <laughs> out there, like, erasing people's memories? Well. What's what's in the water in Michigan? Kalamazoo, I lead. think, is where they are. Well, lead. Well, that wasn't supposed to be a topical joke yeah it's a real, real topical joke there guys yeah mm. not even a joke it's well, a travesty yeah <laughs> <laughs> there it is. so hey little guy the, the only other thing i we have on the agenda that we haven't brought up um mm-hmm. yet because spencer just ticked off the uh Schwamigan mention um was uh aru versus vino and now vino said he's gonna take aru to court did you see this I saw that. What's he going to take him to court for? I don't even understand. Oh, violation of contract. But he, how did he violate it? his contract? He just didn't he left, sign a man. new contract. But he's yeah, leaving I mean, at the end of his contract. So you're not in Vino's corner here? <laughs> no, I'm not in Vino's corner. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. You're in Vino's you know who's corner? In his corner? How are you making can. the case for Vino? Because it's Vino. He's going to attack you no, no. matter what. He's, he's He made bike racing exciting. Um, he's also in this Cycle Sport magazine on page seventy-eight. Of- <laughs> okay, well, good coverage. So you're saying yeah. your 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 contention is that this is just sort of like Vino knows he's going to get dropped. He knows he can't hang on this mountain climb, but he's still going to put in a dick at the bottom because he's Vino, and he knows that's what the fans expect. Yes, that's okay. it. I didn't yeah. really have anything else. Well, he's going to lose this one because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Maybe this is the reason why um, 
Vino and Astana keep losing GC riders is because Vino is crazy and they all seem to dislike riding for him. Despite the money that they obviously must give everyone a lot of money to go there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd race for him. Yeah. Would you? Do you guys remember when we were at Jingle Cross when Horner was at one of the first Jingle Crosses we went to and we were all super hyped on Horner and then we'd heard that he just signed for Astana and we were just, we were all trying to not let it ruin Chris Horner for us. <laughs> you know, I, we were like, oh yeah, it's good. Uh, but deep down in, in our hearts, we knew that it was a, it felt like a betrayal. And I know these guys got to go somewhere, and I know there's only so many teams, especially the World Tour level. So at a certain point, you have to make some sort of moral compromise. But you know, mm-hmm. it, it. Well, do you know what teams are out there that you guys turned me on to last week? This is my my ending moment here. Okay, who do we turn you team, on to? The monkey, the monkey team, <laughs> monkey business, <laughs> the greatest team ever. We didn't get hit up on the Twitter about monkey business, so we need our dozens of listeners in Europe to uh, hook us up with some info on this team because they need a better kit design. You guys what, yeah. Right. What is up with the, with the, with the Dutch teams and their weird names? I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Well, do you have uh, anything else to add Spencer? Uh, no, I think we crushed our agenda. Well, with that, I'd like, <clears throat> we'd like to thank everybody for listening to the uh, slow ride podcast. Make sure to uh, share and recommend the podcast to your friends. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we didn't get any reviews for the last month, so it's kind of starting to hurt our feelings a little bit. We can't uh, read your review on there. You can also you know, email us. Speaking yeah. of speaking of reviews, I know we haven't gotten any on the uh, on the iTunes or whatever, um, which yeah did hurt our feelings. Yeah. I gotta say, both I've been traveling both the last two weekends for to DC uh, CX and to HPCX. And at both events, I had a ton of people come up and uh, say they really enjoyed the podcast, introduce themselves, um, make fun of you guys, make fun of me. Um, but they were awesome, and, and and it's super appreciated. And I don't know if you guys get that. I'm, I'm sure you do a little bit. Um, I do. But it's awesome. I I just want to give a shout-out to anybody that's that's done that over the past, I don't know, what, three years we've been doing this podcast. So yeah. keep doing it. If you see one of us out there, any one of us, preferably not Tim, uh, come up, say hi, you know, like introduce yourself. I'm clearly the, I'm clearly the fan <laughs> favorite. Yeah. There. Well, you're kind of an outlier there in Florida, you know, so you know, not much, uh, but, uh, bike racing. I, I think we're well over three and a half years of this podcast. So the oh, conversation man. continues, but, uh, thanks to BK one of Rhymes Airs entertainment for, uh, the intro and outro music, his new album. And also if you're a, if you're a member of the wide angle podium network and you get that bonus content, uh, Spencer got a sweet BK1 uh, curated wedding music playlist. It yeah. was the jam when I was there. It kept me out on the dance floor <laughs> the whole time at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic stuff. So make sure you uh, become a member so you can get that bonus content. So and um, always, always, always <laughs> uh, wave at your fellow cyclists because that's, uh, that's the biggest thing we're going to bring to any um, – cycling event nowadays is just make sure you wave at anybody you see out there even if it's a recumbent because they're just mm-hmm. hanging out and doing what they love literally and, uh, with that suspended on like one of those suspension seats yeah <laughs> this is tim in orlando florida this is matt making fun of recumbents in minneapolis 
This is Spencer in Boston. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.